Hello, welcome to the May 30th Lions Podcast Network. This is Leaderless. I'm Ari Perez. I'm an organizer with the May 30th Alliance. I think uh, an issue that has uh, taken place or something that we, uh, and I say we, including myself in this, that we as a community need to do better in is how we treat and how we talk about and how we discuss uh, individuals that commit crimes. Too often it's been the case that there's been people who have committed a crime and they labeled uh, a criminal for the rest of their life. They labeled a felon for the rest of their life. They can't get jobs because uh, they've committed a crime and uh, society only uh, view them as a felon. They don't view them as a human no more. They don't view them as a person no more. They view them as a felon, a criminal and a whole type of other uh, different wordings that are full of uh, uh, racist undertones. So I think we as a community, there's been people that have came up and uh, saw the photo of Denzel outside City Hall and have gone, oh, he's a criminal. Not uh, knowing any type of background information about him, not uh, knowing why he was assaulted and beat half to death by the police, but because uh, there's a photo of him and it's a mugshot, oh, he a criminal. He deserved it. He a criminal. He deserved it. There's been people who have uh, seen the memorials or heard about some of the police shootings. Oh, he a criminal. He a felon. He a felon. He deserved it. He, he shouldn't have been committing a crime. Oh, they, they tased him. They tased him. They beat him. Oh, he a criminal. Why was he committing a crime? He a criminal. He deserved it. He a criminal. And that's, not, that's, that's, that's never the case. That's never the case. We can't uh, allow ourselves to look at people who commit crimes and view them as criminals and treat them as if they're subhuman. Treat them as if the moment somebody commits a crime, the moment uh, somebody does something... Uh, that is uh, that breaks the lo- break this law. Uh, you can't see me right now, but there was quotation marks around that. <laughs> that they 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 lose their rights as a person. That they lose their rights as a human being. That they won't be considered by society. They'll, they'll be outcast from society because they are felon. They'll be outcast uh, from the work field because uh, they're criminal. They'll be outcast. From the from from their families because they are criminal. They all oh, they, they they felons. They felons over there. Whole family felons. It's people, and, and it's always been people. It's people first. There isn't no such thing as a criminal. There isn't no such thing as a felon. There isn't no such thing as that. It's a person. It's a person who may have committed a crime. It's a person, person first. Person that don't ever lose his human rights. A person that don't ever, there ain't no reason, there ain't no justification uh, for uh, Denzel's, uh, Denzel Duvant's face to look like that. There ain't no reason, there ain't no reason. It don't matter if he committed a crime. It don't matter if, if he was a felon. It don't matter what he was doing. There ain't no reason to justify a human's face looking like that. Not one. Not one reason. 
and and I, and I'm not saying this uh, to to uh, uh, cast uh, aspersions are on anybody, and not not cast aspersions, but to place blame on others. Because I've been including myself in this as well. That we as a society need to do better on how we treat individuals that commit crimes. We can no longer allow them allow them to be outcast by these systems. We can no, uh, no longer allow them to be uh, thrown, thrown aside and uh, to be thrown aside and forgotten because uh, people view them as subhuman because they uh, committed a crime. So, and that, that view, uh, that viewpoint, that stands for, um, people who have committed, people who have committed crimes, they need to have that viewpoint as well. This is a message to anybody who has committed a crime as well. Uh, the introduction episode, I talked about, uh, things that had happened to my father during arrest. And one of the, uh, uh, saddest thing I don't want I, maybe not saddest isn't the right word but one of the most heartbreaking things uh, for me to hear was for him to say that uh, he felt like he deserved to be pepper sprayed while, while he was handcuffed face down he felt like he deserved uh, to be uh, kicked while he was handcuffed hands behind his back and his, his face down he felt like he deserved uh, the police robbing him he felt like that that was just all part of it. That was all part of it. He w- he was at this time uh, doing uh, doing certain things, and he felt like uh, getting mistreated by the police, getting abused by the police, uh, getting robbed by the police. That that was just normal, and it's not. It's not normal. It is is not okay. Not ever. It's not okay. For, it's never been okay for somebody's face to look like Denzel Duvon. It's never been okay uh, for somebody to be pepper sprayed when they shouldn't have been pepper sprayed. It don't matter what they were doing at that time. It don't matter what they have done in the past. So that is the biggest, uh, and that's going to be the point and theme of this episode, is that it does not matter uh, if a person has committed a crime. It does not matter if a person is a felon. They do not ever no one ever loses their rights as a human being. Nobody ever loses their rights as a person. Nobody can ever take away your rights as a person. You, you, you're going to always have that right. So there's never going to be a justification for somebody getting uh, murdered by the police. There's never going to be a justification for somebody's face like Denzel Duvon. There's never going to be a justification for Shannon Graves getting tased three times. And him dying as a result of that. There's never going to be a justification for that. Okay. Okay. Now with all that. With all that being said. I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about two things really. First I want to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about. Talk about is going to be. A, about a national. A national thing. Something that happened nationally. Then I'm going to come back and talk about uh, something that happened locally and personally to me. Uh, I'm not sure if you're listening to this, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the name of Daniel Prude. Uh, 
Daniel Pruitt. I believe he's, I believe he's from uh, Chicago, Illinois. I believe, I believe he's from Chicago, and he was visiting uh, Rochester, New York. But uh, rest in power, Daniel Prude. Daniel Prude. Uh, there was. Forgive me. I forgive me for this. Uh, he was having some tor- some type of uh, breakdown on this day. He was neuro- neurologically diverse, and he uh, he wasn't uh, well on this day. And the police were called for, I believe the uh, police were called because a man was acting, a man was uh, acting erratic, I believe is what they said. A man was acting erratic. And that's what the call was. That's what the call was. And this man ended up dying later this day. Not later this day, uh, a week later. Um, my fault. This happened on uh, March 30th. Uh, 2020, March 30th, 2020. So the police were called uh, due to this erratic man. They found Daniel Prude in the street. In he was naked. He was naked, and he was shouting. He was uh, doing type, different type of things, Sh- shouting, uh, yelling, saying uh, different type of things, and he was spitting. And they put uh, the police officers came. They order him down, uh, and they end up putting a spit mask on him. And and I had never heard of a spit mask before. I had never heard of that. I had never heard, uh, really knew what it was. And they put him in a spit mask, and they uh, he he's lying down on the street, and he's tr- trying to get up. They pin him down on the street, and for the next, I believe it's two minutes. I'm not sure. Uh, it's a little bit over two minutes, I believe, where it's him uh, begging the officers, "Take it off! Take it off! Let me up! Take it off! Take it off! Take it off!" And he, obviously, he's having struggle. Uh, he's struggling to breathe. He's he's yelling at the officers, uh, "Take it off! Take it off! Take it off! Take it off! Take it off!" He he's struggling to breathe, and for those for those of you who may not know, because I was unfamiliar with what it was uh, until I had heard about this case, until I had watched the video. The spit mask is a type of uh, is like a mesh mesh on the top with a type of I don't even know how to describe it. I, I, you just have to see it. Really, have to see it. It's not. It's not completely mesh. It's not completely mesh. Like at the bottom is some type of fabric on the end, where you. It's some type of fabric. I don't know. I, don't, I can't fully uh, describe it. When they put this on him, he's struggling to breathe. He's struggling to breathe, and he eventually go unconscious. And then, I believe he's unconscious for a minute. They call the ambulance, and. Uh, they performed CPR on him, and he ended up dying a week later. And I, I could uh, still remember just hearing him, just asking the officers, "Take it off! Take it off! Take it off! Take it off!" So then, uh, that happened on March third, uh, March thirtieth. 
the video of this uh, wasn't released until I believe it was September second. Uh, I believe there's September second or September third. So, sometime during that those two days, and that that is that is um, that's important important because. As much as uh, Jay Hanley wants to get out there and talk about transparency, our different states attorneys, our police chiefs have uh, gone out there and talked about, oh, we, we're going to be transparent throughout the entire process. Uh, the state's attorney, another state's attorney that I believe they're called the district attorney in New York, uh, did everything that they could to delay it and to delay it and to delay it until the video released until eventually it was, in, uh, I believe it was September 2nd. And uh, where I was at at September second, twenty twenty, it was during during city market during the city market uh, campaign, and I at that point I had uh, been arrested twice. I was arrested uh, on August seventh, and I was arrested on August twenty eighth. So I was uh, uh, heavily involved uh, in the city market protest. Heavily involved at, in this point at the city market protest, and at some point I'll talk about that. But I feel like um, I feel like this is important for me to share because if I don't share, or if people don't uh, tell about the police terrorism or talk about the police terrorism happening in this city, then that's a win for the police. If I was just to shut up and be quiet, that's a win for them. If we was just to pack everything up from the occupation, just go home and not say nothing no more, that's a win for them. That's what they want. That's a win for them. So I'm, I'm going to say this right here. There ain't no, po- no point in the future where I'm just going to go home and shut up and be quiet. I ain't never going to... I've lost that luxury. I've lost that luxury. I ain't never... I can't never... I'm never going to go home. N- nor do I want to. Nor do I want to. Am I going to be go home and just be quiet and not talk about it anymore? Because that's what they want. That's what they want. They want the status quo. They don't want nobody talking about it. They've done everything in their power to get us to leave here. They don't want us to speak about it. Because that's the win for them. That's what they want. That's a win. That's a W. That's a W in their column. So that, that is the reasoning for... Uh, that's my reasoning behind... Uh, saying what I'm about to say and another reasoning is uh, for anybody who has had a situation similar to this or something or a different kind of uh, mistreatment or abuse or police terrorism and uh, these acts of abuse and uh, take place upon them I want them also to be able to uh, be comfortable enough to be able to speak about this because again the more people we have talking the more people we have shedding a light on these things and talking about the police terrorism and the the actions that the police officer are taking here then that's a win for then that's a win for us that's a w for us so that that is that is the reasoning behind this story of, of which I'm about to tell you and I've never 
uh, talked about this before. I've never uh, publicly. I've never talked about this before publicly. And I think because for a while, I just wasn't able to really fully process uh, what happened. I wasn't able to really fully process uh, the events that took place on that day. So the video of Daniel Prude was released on September 2nd. And that week, City Market was on September 5th. And I had never heard of a spit mask before. I had never heard of a uh, of anything like that before. On September 5th, I was arrested and charged with a... It's my third arrest during City Market. Third time I've ever been arrested. And I, I was... Uh, I ended up being charged with a felony and the court case is still going on so I'm not sure how much I can fully really uh, legally talk about what took place before the arrest but I will say is uh, I watched uh, a comrade a friend of mine be brutalized be brutalized at the hands of the police and uh, from the, la- the last moment that I saw uh, that person is that person was limp. That person did not move at was not moving the last I had seen them. Was not moving at all, limp. Two officers on them, not moving at all. Not, not saying no words, not uh, calling out for help, not... not not doing nothing, limp. So after I'm arrested and I'm putting the handcuffs and they walking me towards the, the bus that is uh, on the railroad tracks, right behind, I forget what the place is called. It's like a chocolate, some type of cho- chocolate shop. I don't know. But I had uh, been arrested and they walked me towards there. And on the way there, on the way, they're walking towards the bus, they're walking me to the two officers are walking me towards the bus, my handcuffed hands behind my back. I'm yelling, uh, yelling uh, for a, uh, a really just for information on what happened to my friend, somebody I care about, who I, who I just saw be brutalized by the police. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if they're okay. I'm, I'm yelling, uh, where is she, where is she, where is she, is she okay? Is she okay? Where is she? Where is she? Is she okay? She, she wasn't moving. She wasn't moving. Where is she? Where is she? And and they laughing. It's a joke to them. They think it's a game. It's a joke to them. They laughing. They think it's a joke to them. It's funny to them. This young woman was limp on the bridge. And they laughing. They think it's a joke. They having fun. So the... the and I'm... Uh, uh, because I had just uh, seen this person uh, be slammed to the ground to a point where she's not moving. And I'm just calling for, can we get help for her? Can we help? Can we get help for her? And they laughing. And I, I'm just keeping going. And as, as they laughing, it's just making me go even more. As they laughing and they think it's a joke, it's just making me yell even more. Because they think it's a joke. It's not a joke to me. It's not no game to me. It's not no game to me. People are being murdered. 
the police officers that did this, they co-workers murderers. It's not no joke to me. It's not no game to me. So again, I'm calling for help. I'm calling for, not help for me, I'm calling for help uh, for the person that I just seen be brutalized. I'm calling for help for the person I seen just be left limp. So they get me to the bus and they patted me down and I'm still yelling, yelling, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Is she okay? Where is she? Is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? Where is she? And still, they just laughing. Still, it's just a joke to them. It's still a joke to them. Up until the point, and it, I feel, I don't know if I necessarily need to say this, but the, uh, I don't know, whatever. They, uh, the police officers, two by my side. And I'm yelling, I'm yelling, calling for help. Where is she? Is she okay? Where is she? An officer, uh, Nathaniel Best Jordan, he had, he had my left arm. He had my left arm. My body was facing towards the bus. I was, I was wearing a hoodie at the time. There's a photo of me. I was wearing a, a, a black sweatshirt that said, uh, protect black woman at all costs. That's what I was wearing. And uh, I had never, uh, Officer Daniel Best Jordan, he had my left, he was on my left arm. And he, uh, while I'm yelling for help for her, he say, Nathaniel Best Jordan, he say that, I hear, I hear these three words, or not, not these three words, I hear him say, I don't want you to breathe. I don't want you to breathe anymore. And from that, from I don't know, and I'm beyond it. If I'm being 100% honest, I don't know if he said, I don't want you to breathe in my face anymore. I don't know if he said, I don't want you to breathe near me anymore. But I heard the, the words, I don't want you to breathe anymore. And I'm in handcuffs, hand behind my back. And I just seen a person be brutalized. I didn't seen people be murdered by the police. I didn't see it at all. So to have this cop say, uh, I don't want you to breathe, is panic. It's, I'm beyond, it's panic. What is he going to do to me? What, what, what's really going to happen right now? He, he, if, he, if he feel like he's safe to say that he don't want me to breathe in any type of or a sentence, in any type of phrase, if he feel like he good to say, uh, he don't want me to breathe. What what can he do, really? What is he about to do to me? So I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I'm yelling. Officer Albest, Officer Albest just told me he don't want me to breathe anymore. Officer Albest just told me he don't want me to breathe anymore. He just told me he don't want to breathe. In, he don't want me to breathe anymore. So at that point, he took the hood of my sweatshirt. He placed it over my mouth and in my nose, and he held it there. And he, he held it there. He pressed down. So now I'm in the place, and I'm of the mindset, I'm of the uh, place mentally where I feel like I'm fighting for my life right now. I feel like I'm fighting for my life right now. 
Cop just told me he don't want me to breathe. He got the hood of my sweatshirt covering my mouth and my nose. I'm fighting for my life right now. I'm trying to move my face, move my body any way I could, just get uncovered so I can breathe. So I end up uh, do getting my uh, face uncovered from the, from the hood. And he took that hood and he did it again. And he did it again, same thing. Covering my mouth and my nose and my, with my hood. Held it there. So again, I'm in a place where I feel like I'm fighting for my life. Well, I feel like, I don't know how long he gonna hold it there. I don't know how long. I don't know what he's gonna do next. He told me he don't want me to breathe. He covering my uh, mouth and my nose uh, with my hood. He holding his hand up to my, uh, holding his hand up to applying pressure. I'm fighting for my life. So again, I do get to a point where uh, my face gets free and I'm able to uh, breathe but I'm still at a point where I'm fighting for my life I'm panicking I'm having uh, my anxiety is going crazy I'm having an anxiety attack I'm struggling to breathe in general in general I'm struggling to breathe because he just told me he don't want me to breathe anymore because he just tried uh, really he just tried to suffocate me I'm gonna keep it I, I'm gonna be honest I'm gonna be honest I'm gonna keep it but he just tried to suffocate me if you put if I was to put my uh, the hood of somebody's sweatshirt over uh, their mouth and their hood, that the only goal, the only intention, the only reason I'd be uh, the only reason I'd have to do that is to suffocate them. It's to stop them from breathing. So that, I'm, those are his goals. Those were his goals. Those were his intentions. He said it. He kept it a buck. I don't want you to breathe anymore. I'm gonna cover your face and your no- I'm gonna cover your mouth and your nose with your hood. I don't want you to breathe anymore. So after that, uh, I was able to uh, fight for my face to be free. There was a I'm not sure what exactly his position is, but he was I, I believe he worked in the jail. He's CL. I ain't seen him since then. I've been arrested. Uh, Five times since then, I ain't seen him since then. But his name was uh, Rudolph Kirby. Rudolph Kirby. He go and he get that spit mask, and just uh, create a greater context into this. Uh, I had watched the video of Daniel Pru that week. I had watched the video of him. Uh, fighting for his life. I had, I had never heard of the spit mask before. Never heard of it. Never knew what it was. But I had watched that man uh, beg the officers to take it off while he's struggling to breathe. And which ended up killing him. He died uh, because of that. He ended up dying later because of that. Uh, so I believe he's a CO. CO. Rudolph Kirby come back with a spit mask and he placed it over my head. And I'm at the point where I was just fighting for my life and uh, I'm of a, uh, because I just had to fight for my life 
because I just had a fight to breathe. I'm in a place where I'm still not, I haven't gathered my breath yet. I haven't really gathered my breath yet. And he put the spit mask over me. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm up there thinking about Daniel Prude. The moment I see him come out with it, I'm thinking this cannot be happening. This cannot be happening. I just watched that video. I just watched that video earlier this week. I just watched that video. This can't be happening. And I'm not spitting on nobody or anything like that. All I'm doing is I'm asking for my friend. I'm asking where is she? Is she okay? Is she okay? Where is she? Is she okay? Where is she? Where is she? And they put that spit mask over me. And I regret that I cannot fully describe it. Because, it's, like I said, it's not all mesh. The bottom part is like some type of fabric uh, covering. So when they had uh, initially put that spit mask on me, they, uh, they put it on to where the mesh part was not covering my nose or my mouth. So they put that spit mask on me and I'm still struggling to breathe. Almost even worse. Almost even worse. Almost even worse. To a point where I just had a, a fight to get free from uh, this cop putting my hood over my mouth and my nose twice. I just had a fight for that. I had a fight for my life. And they put this spit mask on me. I'm handcuffed the entire time. The entire time through this handcuffed hands behind my back. The entire time. The entire time. So they, I'm at a point right now where I feel like I, I'm struggling even to be conscious right now. I'm struggling even to be conscious. So they put me in handcuffs. They put the spit mask on me. Uh, they patted me, I believe they patted me down again. And they go to load me onto the bus. And uh, as they loaded me onto the bus, I'm of such a state where I've been struggling to breathe for so long to where I feel like I could pass out and I could uh, lose my consciousness to where they asked me to go up the stairs and I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And uh, at one point I, I do, uh, I can't even walk at this point. I'm, be, I'm beyond, I can't even walk at this point. To where they, they I hadn't taken a step into the handcuffs, taken a step into the uh, bus rather. And they see that I can't walk, and they drag me. They, uh, two cops grab my arms, uh, another two cops grab my legs. And the nature of this is to where I, my arms are being twisted now, and my, my arms my wrists are being twisted to where I, I fell out of my handcuffs. I never had that happen to me before. To my my arms and my wrist was being contorted to which, in a way to where I, I, my, hand, my hand came free. Now I'm thinking 
Uh, they just tried to suffocate me. They're trying to suffocate me. My handcuffs fell off. They, what are they, are they going to blame me for my handcuffs falling off? So I'm telling the cop, uh, I didn't do it. I, at that point, I'm just scared for my life still. I'm scared for my life still. I'm scared for my life still. So they put, so I'm telling the cop in uh, near uh, unconsciousness, near unconsciousness, near about to pass out. I just had a fight for my life, near about to pass out, about to pass out. I'm telling the cop I didn't do it, I didn't do it. My hand came free, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. Y'all did it, y'all made my hand, y'all did it. I'm thinking my hand fell out, they about to do some shit, make it look like. I, I did it somehow. I'm trying to escape somehow, even though uh, I'm about to pass out, even though I'm struggling to even walk. They about to do some dirty shit because my hand just came free. I'm still scared for my life. I'm still worried about what they might do next. Still. Still worried about what they might do next. So after that, uh, they end up getting me back in handcuffs. And I'm... Uh, put me on the bus and I'm sitting there and I'm still fading 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 feel like at any point uh, I've still got the spit mask on me it's still really not uh, covering my full fa uh, mouth and my nose and I'm struggling to breathe still to where a cop came on the bus and uh I believe they had fixed it. I believe they, they had fixed it a little bit. But still, it's a spit mask. I have a thing covering my... It's a spit mask, and they just try to suffocate me. I'm, I'm still struggling to breathe. And I ain't brought this up yet. But I got asthma, too. I ain't really brought that up yet. I got asthma. And they doing all this. And I ain't never... Uh, uh, no, I, I just want y'all to think about that, too. So, I'm sitting on the bus, and I'm still uh, screaming. Not, I wouldn't even say screaming. I would take that back. I'm still asking for my friend. I still, to this point, I still, the last time I saw her, she was limp on the bridge. She was not moving. Not saying nothing, not moving at all. She was limp on the bridge. I'm still asking, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? Where is she? Where is she? Is she okay? What did you do to her? What did you do to her? What did you do to her? Is she okay? And I'm in that spit mask for another uh, 10 minutes until she got onto the bus. I'm into that spit mask until another individual end up getting arrested. I believe it was close to an hour, maybe over an hour we was on that bus. I'm in that spit mask the entire time, struggling to breathe. Not one cop came uh, to check on me. Not one cop came to uh, take it off, offered to take it off. I didn't refuse. 
It's not like uh, they offered to take it off and I refused. They left me in there. They left me in there with that spit mask. They told me they don't want me to breathe and they left me in there with that spit mask. A cop told me he don't want me to breathe. And he left me on that bus. They left me on that bus. They left me on that bus. Spit mask on the entire time. Video just came out of somebody dying in Rochester. Murder weapon is a spit mask. What you really think they wanted to have happen? They told you. They told me. They told me. They was honest. They told me. They told the truth. They kept it a buck. They don't want. They said they don't want me to breathe no more. They kept it a buck. I'm on that bus for an hour. They don't come to get that spit mask off me. They don't come to check on and see if I can breathe correctly. I'm telling them I can't breathe. I told them I can't breathe. I told them I'm struggling to breathe. I told them this. And they left me on that bus for over an hour. I get to the jail. And I'm leaving the jail. Nobody else uh, ends up getting arrested. Uh, they, take us, they take us to the jail. And for the uh, last 30 minutes on the bus, I, I almost can't even say anything. I almost can't even say anything. Because I feel like I need to save my breath. I don't know when it when it come next. I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know how long I'm being this. I don't know how long I'm being in this match where I'm struggling to breathe. I don't know how long they're gonna do it. I'm still in a place where I feel like I'm fighting for my life. I'm still in a place where I feel like I'm where I I am. I don't feel like I am struggling to breathe still. So I, once we finally get to jail, I'm still in a uh, in a place where I'm not even really fully there. I'm just struggling to breathe. I'm not even really fully there. So the cop uh, get uh, Kirby end up getting there, and he yeah. Thank you, bro. Thank you. You know, uh, getting there. He asked me if he can take it off. Uh, and if I'm going to be good. If I'm going to be good now. And I have never felt so weak before in my life. Where I, I was completely stripped of any type of rights that I may have had. Completely stripped. Completely stripped of any type of rights. And this is why. And 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 before before I wrap this, I want to say this. Let me get to this. Uh, I do I do uh, a lot of uh, research. I do a lot of reading, all newspaper articles, and any any anything I can find really. Uh, locally. 
really. My focus has mainly been what's been going, what's been happening locally. Uh, Chet Eberson said in a news article one time that they only use fours one percent of the time. Any type of force, one percent of the time. And uh, first, I want to say is I believe that's a lie. I don't seen uh, seen and read and heard police officers lie about uh, each case, about each name and face that we have a memorial for down here in Save Their Name Square. I've seen them all lie about that. So I do not believe that police officers only use force 1% of the time. And But even if that was true, even if that number was true, if that number, that 1% of the time was true, uh, the paper has said that would equate to 1,000 people per year. Over 1,000 people per year. Y'all really think, y'all really think that's okay? You think each, uh, each incident? No, I'm, I'm gonna keep, I'm be honest. I'm be honest. I don't, I'm not sh- sure there was one. It's an incident. I'm not sure there has been one. Shannon Graves didn't, be, didn't deserve to be tased to death. Cathedral uh, Hines didn't deserve to be tased to death. Jesse Hare didn't deserve to be beat to death. Denzel Devont didn't deserve that. Cop said he looked like he had a warrant. So they say uh, they use force a thousand times per year. Number one, that's a lie. Number one, that's a lie that's not true. And how many of those people that they use force upon... Not one cop has been fired for use for the use of force. Not one cop for the deadly use of force, or for, for not nothing happened to the cops that did that to Denzel. The nothing happened to the cops that did that to uh, nothing happened to the cop that murdered Shannon Graves. Matter of fact, he's still on the force. He participated in the assault of Denzel Duvon. The reason that Denzel Duvon was assaulted is. Because the cop said he looked like he had a warrant. So out of these thousand, supposedly, these thousand incidences a year that they use force, how many of them were because somebody looked like they had a warrant? How many of them, and I'm beyond, I'm I'm, going to stop using their words. But if a cop say, I thought he looked like he had a warrant, we all know what that really means. We all know what he, he's saying. He black. Denzel Dubont black. He, uh, he, he a person of color. That's, that, that's, that's Dominic Benice's reason for participating in the assault on Denzel Dubont and initiating the assault on Denzel Dubont. Saying words, saying phrases like he looked like he had a warrant. It's just code terms for being black in Rockford. That's all that really means. That is why, this is why we as a community, we as individuals, we as people need to stop treating people who commit crimes as if 
that criminals and criminals are subhuman. We need to stop treating people who commit felonies, uh, who commit uh, crimes that are uh, that are felonies, and treat them like a felon and and, and uh, below. Treat them as if they dirt. Treat them as if they deserve to be outcast. Treat them as if uh, they deserve some type of abuse. Committing a crime is not any reason, is not a good enough reason for your face, for somebody's face to look like Denzel Duvon. Committing a crime is not a justification to be murdered. Committing misdemeanor crimes is not reason to be murdered. Committing felony crimes is not a reason to be murdered. We as a community, we as people, myself included, need to do better in how we treat individuals who commit crimes. We can no longer let systems in this city treat them as outcasts. We can no longer uh, let this system in the city of Rockford uh, in, this state pol in, the, in these police officers uh, enact state sanctioned violence every day. We can no longer do these things. We can no longer let this city treat uh, people who commit crimes to be treated as subhuman for their life and be into this caste system where they below everybody else. It's people first. It's people first. It don't matter if you commit a crime. It don't matter if you commit a crime that is a felony. It don't matter what you do. You don't ever stop becoming a human. You don't ever stop losing your humanity. You don't ever stop uh, having your human rights. You, you don't ever stop that. You always have that. It's not okay for somebody to be handcuffed face down in the middle of the street and be pepper sprayed. It's not okay for somebody to be handcuffed face down in the snow and beat and assaulted half to death. It's not okay for somebody to, uh, to be chased down by a police officer for allegedly committing a crime. Allegedly committing a crime. And to have that police officer murder them or attempt to murder them. There is no such thing as a criminal. There is no such thing as a felon. It's people. And we as a community, and we, uh, we are going to do better. I'm going to say that. I'm going to end it on this. We are going to do better to make sure that we include the people that this city has tried to throw under the bus. We're going to make sure that we include the people who the city wants us to forget. We're going to try to make sure that we, we are going to make sure we include the folks who the city has done everything in their power to get rid of and to pretend like they don't exist. There ain't no such thing as a criminal. There ain't no such thing as a felon. It's people. It's humans. This has been, uh, so again, I would, I'll end it on this, I'll end it on this.
Not fall. I'll end it. We'll end on this. It, if you are a person who, uh, who the state, and this, uh, the state, the state's attorney, police officers have tried to label as a crime. The city has tried to label as a criminal. The city has tried to label as a felon. And you, you've had uh, police officers mistreat. You've had uh, police officers abuse. You've had police officers uh, rob you. It's not okay. It don't come with. It don't come with it. It don't just come with it. You don't ever stop becoming a human. You don't ever stop becoming a human. May 30th Alliance Podcast Network. Leaderless.